All right, James Coe joins us now, next-gen stats analyst, which is great because we've got to get into about a million props in this game. And, you know, James, we've been kind of diving through them throughout the week, especially once the market opened uh, last week. And there's a name that keeps showing up that's very, very popular for someone that's not a star. And it's, it's Kenneth Gainwell and the type of game that he could have. And it was at 18.5 rushing yards. All three of us have over 18.5. It's gone up to about you know 20.5, depending on, obviously, where you're looking. What do you make of the popularity with Kenneth Gainwell and the type of game that he could have for Philadelphia? Because when I look at it, I've seen three games where he's gone way over that total. It just scares me that it's still so low. It just feels too obvious to go over. Uh, yeah, I, I looked at that number and I was like, that's an auto, you know, an auto hit, right? Like 19 and a half yeah. rush yards is the, the line right now on BetMGM. Uh, for Kenneth Gainwell, and that to me just seems like the easiest prop on the board. Look, he's been a much bigger part of this offensive ecosystem the last couple of games, obviously. 12 and 14 carries in back-to-back games. Obviously, he's had 112 against the Giants and then 48 in the conference championship game against a stout San Francisco 49ers run defense. But um, I don't know, man. Like, I get what you're saying. You know, you're thinking, okay, he's a much bigger part of this offense. Obviously, he's got some juice in the legs this late in the season. Why is that number so low? But listen, at the end of the day, Kansas City also very below average against the run. 4.5 yards per carry allowed to running back since week number six. That's a bottom 10 number. So you just tie, you just take a look at the matchup. You look at his role. Uh, and, and again, you also look at how Philadelphia wants to structure their offense because I think they're trying to protect Jalen Hurts. I think Kenneth Gainwell is going to have all the opportunity in the world. And to be honest with you, it probably takes him about four carries to hit that number. So for me, I'm all in. James, I'm actually all in on Miles Sanders as well. It opened up at 56 and a half, which kind of surprised me. 55 and a half, actually, to be exact, which I think was the third lowest line of the year for him. And now that's went up a little bit. But you said it, man. The Chiefs defense, they play with light boxes, fourth highest rate in the league. And that's really when he's at his best. Do you think if you like Gainwell or you like any of the other backs, you have to stay away from somebody like Miles Sanders? Or do you think multiple guys can eat in this game, especially with that offensive line against that Chiefs defense? I definitely think multiple guys can eat. And not just that, the lines are low enough where I'm, I'm enticed yeah. to bet both guys, right? Like 19 and a half for Kenneth Gainwell uh, on bet MGM. And then Miles Sanders, that number's moved up to 60.5. And, and even then, you're right. Listen, when that line opened up, oh, you, you want to eat that up. That's just a gobble gobble. You know what I mean? But right now, yeah. 60 and a half, it, it feels like a little bit closer to what the line should be. Um, but again, Kansas City below average against the run. And, and to me, it's pretty clear that Philadelphia wants to do what they can to protect their quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Running the ball early on against San Francisco had to have been the worst game plan possible coming into that ball game. But they did it. Why? And you have to ask yourself why. And clearly the answer is Jalen Hurts is not 100 percent so for me i think that's going to continue on into the super bowl i think they're going to feed that rock to the running game and and i tell you what miles sanders look he's an up and down player okay but it's it it, it is as simple as this he's good against bad teams he's not so good against good teams you know what i mean so when he sees yeah. a below average rush defense he eats this is a below average rush defense i think he eats yeah i'm curious james you mentioned the fact that you think jalen hurts is is not going to throw and push the ball downfield as much because his shoulder is not completely healthy, right? I actually tend to agree. I think running the ball will be the staple of what they want to do. Uh, in terms of receivers on the Eagles, how are you playing them given that, that breakdown? 
So I'm really tempted by AJ Brown. I really am. But if we're just playing prices, I think you're you're getting a much better price with Devontae Smith, right? Because AJ Brown's line is 71 and a half. Devontae Smith's line is 61 and a half, right? So you're getting that 10 yard differential. And to be quite honest with you, I mean, over the last month, I think Devontae Smith has been a more consistent contributor uh, to this Philadelphia Eagles offense, right? So, and then you take a look at the matchup as well. Kansas City is bottom 10 in pass EPA allowed to outside wide receivers. And I don't know, maybe you don't follow the Eagles very much and you look at the slight body frame of Devontae Smith and you say, oh, well, he might be a slot guy. No, no, no. Listen, they reconfigured his role this year. Okay, he's primarily an outside guy. On the year, he's played 75% outside. In the playoffs, it's even more. He's played 85% of his snaps as an outside wide receiver. And Kansas City, they've got... Listen, I think their young corners are underrated, but they are still young. Um, and, and they're going to be better. It just might not be this year, might not be this week against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I do think you're getting a better price with Devontae Smith. Uh, this is a situation where I wouldn't bet both, okay? Pick one yeah. or the other, but I like Devontae Smith this week. Yeah, I was going to ask you, though, if you would take any unders on any of the, the Eagles receivers, though, in terms of yardage. I see A.J. Brown, you can maybe get an alternate number, like an 85. I mean, especially if you don't think Jalen's going to push the ball downfield, and I don't think A.J.'s gotten that number or Devontae in the last playoff games. You know, at 85, I'd be tempted, but this is the problem. Like, uh, Kansas City You're runs, You um... are a coward, James. Oh! <laughs> Wow. I, first don't, of all, don't, don't just, let her do that listen, to you. Wow. Uh, listen, you I, don't know Tristan me. Chains, like is going, like... Chains is going crazy right now, which I get. I get she's got the ice on. She's cold exactly. because it's ice. It's ice. It's, that's why she's cold right now. And I get it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but listen, I'm a lover, okay? I'm not a hater. So I hate yeah, betting okay. unders. I'm always, whenever I come into this program, I'm always pumping the overs, right? Because I'm a lover. I want these guys to do well. This is my problem, betting any number when it comes to A.J. Brown. He is a broken tackle away from 150. You know what I'm yes. talking about? Yeah. Yes. So, to me, that's the one scary part, man. Yeah, it's just that groin injury. And James, I could tell you a firsthand account. Yeah, I was going right? to say, you know yeah, a little bit about that right now. He's got it. He Torn can't groin, walk. Nothing to mess with. Uh, hey, so <laughs> going back going back to the Chiefs, you said you don't like to play a whole lot of unders. So which skill position players would you target here? They bring back Edwards Hilaire. Pacheco's went under on his carry six of the last eight games. Uh, you know, we'll see what you get from McKinnon. Are you looking at maybe some of the wide receivers, that injury report? Obviously, uh, getting a little bit longer here. Travis Kelsey always goes over, but like, what kind of uh, skill position players are you going to target for Kansas City this weekend? So it's a little bit of a scary proposition, but I do like Pacheco at 48 and a half uh, in terms of his rushing prop, right? He's been over 55 in nine of his last 11 games, but of course it is always how you parse it out because he's been under 32 rush yards in two of his last four, although that was against Denver in Cincinnati. Listen, Philadelphia has tried to shore up their rush defense. I think they're better than they were in the middle part of the season, but they're still not great. Um, I would consider them to be a very league average rush defense, and, and Pacheco to me is a really strong runner. Obviously, the emergence or possible emergence of CEH scares me a little bit, but I think that's why his number is at 48 and a half and not at something like 55. So you're getting a little bit of a discount because of CEH. I think it's a pretty 
really good matchup on the board. I think about the Patrick Mahomes injury as well. Do they try to protect him just a bit against this ferocious pass uh, rush of the Philadelphia Eagles? And do they give Pacheco the ball? I think they will. Um, so for me, I, I kind of like the over of 48 and a half. I don't have a super strong feeling about that one, but I like it overall. James Coe, host of the Reception Perception podcast. There's an Odyssey podcast, just Odyssey. Ding, ding. We don't have the ding. There you go. We talked a lot about the offensive side of the football, and rightfully so with these two offenses. But what about on the defensive side of things? And I'll paint this kind of as a broad picture here because I allow you to go wherever you want in the next two minutes or so that we've got this segment going here. What defensive props, what are you looking at that are that have some value just in terms of the potential? Like, So, for example, for me, my long shot, and it's pretty much a long shot, a 35 to 1, Chris Jones, Hassan Reddick, each two plus sacks. Yeah, thirty-five to one. I'm gonna really have it. I'll have a little little sprinkle in that. Is there anything you're looking at when it comes deep. to that? Yes. We're going deep with these. I like yes. it. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of like uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson um, in terms of uh, defensive props with uh, tackles and assists. It's five and a half is the line for. Uh, for for Gardner Johnson at minus 140. I think you're getting a decent price there. Uh, He is just, he's all over the field. And to me, I don't think that Kansas City is going to test the outside boundaries, not against James Bradbury and Darius Slay. I think it's going to give, you know, Gardner Johnson a lot of opportunities to kind of work. I know Avante Maddox is coming back as well, potentially, but he's been limited all week. Um, How healthy is he coming into this ballgame? I'm not that sure, you know. So I think Gardner Johnson is going to be fully utilized. And so when we're taking a look at tackles and assists, I'll go ahead and take the over five and a half at minus 140 as well. So, again, you're not getting a great price there at minus 140, but I I, I feel very confident uh, that uh, Gardner-Johnson should get the job done there. The choices are endless at this point, and there's probably like 10 more props I still want to bet before the game's all done because this is it. This is the last football until the NFL draft. It's going to (laughs) be – and even that, it's not the same thing. So, James Coe, Reception Perception Podcast, next-gen stats analyst, makes us smarter. Really appreciate you coming on. Just got to be a little yeah, more brave, you guys having no. me. Don't listen to her. James, don't listen to her. Anything Trista says, she's just trolling. Don't, don't even bother us. She thinks she's, you know, she thinks she's tough with all these chains on. She ain't that tough. She's a teddy bear in real life. So, James Coe, everybody. Great job. Great stuff. Uh,